0: We'll actually start the recording and uh, uh, we'll just do just do a quick uh, check one at a time here. Danny, if you can just do your just a regular speaking voice do check one, two, three or something.
1: Uh, this is Danny. Check one, two, three. Tessa goes one, two, three.
2: Excellent. Uh, John. This is John. Speak coming in Red five. Perfect. Light.
3: Did you know that Cole is actually five genetically altered raccoons in a trench coat?
0: And, <laughs> and yet, still, despite sp- despite me being a genetic freak, Lil, uh, Eliana is more of a genetic freak.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and she's not normal.
0: She, she's not normal. What's
3: <laughs> up? So, it's season fucking three.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Unconventional, uh, an episode, uh, a version of the podcast where I have people come on and we open the floor, uh, beyond the scope of uncommon legendary creatures so we can talk about magic in a broader sense, or as well as maybe talk about other, uh, more popular pop culture stuff like Pokemon and everything like that. Talked about Gundam and Pokemon on previous episodes, that was all a fun time, um, I would like to introduce everyone to uh, to, to the episode here. I have a recurring guest uh John and recurring guest light from previous episodes and I have a uh, a new guest uh, first time guest uh Danny uh, aka uh, oh no, I'm fucking this up. <laughs> Danny, who are Dang, you?
3: What's your social media? Who so are you? who are you? What Dad do you do? Jokes. Hello,
1: everybody. Uh, uh, I am on, known on the Twitter sphere and in the podcast world as Dad Jokes and Cardboard.
0: Perfect. Thank you. What I would I now I feel incredibly embarrassed because I was like it was Dad Jokes and Cardboard, but I was still like,
3: <gasps>
0: what did I forget? <clears throat>
1: <laughs> That's okay, buddy.
0: Um. So we have assembled this mighty pod of people for one reason and one reason only, and maybe it's a few years too late, but, uh, did you know that I love Audric Bloodcurse, the magic card from, uh, Crimson Vow? Because I think it's a really cool card and I think it's a really neat card. Um, and, uh, all these fine folks here also agree, um... So we're here to talk about Audric Bloodcurst. We're here to talk about the the lore and legacy of Audric as a character uh, through Innistrad's history. And then finally, kind of like our own ideas of why you should definitely be considered playing this magic card. Um, and um, yeah, so uh, Audric Bloodcursed. It's a uh, three mana, three, three. It's in Boros. Uh, he's a vampire soldier in his current run of the card. And when he enters the battlefield, he can create up to... And based off the number of, of keywords on the card here, you can create up to a maximum of twelve blood tokens equal to the uh like based off the number of abilities among creatures you control, such as like vigilance, lifelink, double strike, menace, so on, so on, and so on. And blood tokens, uh, where you can pay one, tap them to discard a card to draw a card. And um I, I think, despite the fact that Audric has no keywords, I think Audric is a deceptively very effective, very efficient, very uh, open-ended legendary creature that you can build with as a commander Um, and kind of just to kind of prove my point, um, does anyone have any input of why Audric is pretty sweet in this version?
3: I would like to say that while Uh, there are only five Audric fans in the world and Empress Quinn was busy tonight... (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what Mondrak Dominus does?
0: Oh, hey, so, you know, we're kind of in the new era of magic here as uh, lore's changing and Phyrexine's all over the place. So, yeah, Mondrak, uh, pretty, pretty great magic card. Uh, If you create a token, you'd create uh, an additional token. Or was it just essentially just twice that amount?
3: Twice that many. Yeah. this This is a token doubler, so... If you meet all 12, technically Audric can make 24 blood tokens. And Mondrak can even provide the indestructibility. I, Mondrak also is an outlet for your blood tokens to be sacrificed to, because you sacrifice two other artifacts and or creatures to make Mondrak indestructible. My big thing on Audric that I'll be harping tonight is that there have been so many good artifacts and artifact creatures and creatures that care about artifacts that go well in an Audric deck or next to Audric. Mondrak is the crowning achievement to me. It is probably the most powerful card that I will be mentioning tonight. Yeah. Uh, unless you count Blightsteel Colossus. I don't know. I think Mondrak gives Blightsteel a run for its money. Um, I believe John wanted to say something, and I happened to speak first, so I will stop for a second.
2: Oh, it's uh, perfectly fine. I just want to say that um, this Odric is just good because it, it took the previous Odric from Shadows of Innistrad that cared about abilities and then ramped it up to that new design that Wizards has been doing lately of, hey, we're going to create tokens, whether it be treasure through... Ragavan or smothering tides or something like that, and now the latest mechanic with incubation uh, coming from March machines. So we're just like, hey, let's take this cool Adric and tack on our current design of making a lot of tokens. And that's why I think this Audric fits right now perfectly in the current ma- uh, magic meta. And, and yeah,
0: Danny, what do you what do you think about Audric?
1: Uh, well, uh, why don't no, I know mean, uh, when when he was first when he was first spoiled? I was a little sad because I honestly I wanted him to be black and white. Ooh, um, yeah. Because that that's that's what I was hoping for a black and white Audric. Maybe a transform Audric a front side. He does something on the back side He did something else, obviously. Um, or maybe like we get like his sword. That would have been really awesome. But then you know people were so many people were ragging on him. And I tell myself, you know what? Now this object is great and I'm going to build him. I'm going to make him. I'm going to make sure he gets the justice he deserves. So I built him and he was a lot of fun. I have, I currently have the Lunark Marshall deck put together, which is one of my older uh, commander decks. Um, and every time I brought either the Lunark Marshall or the Blood Audric out, every single time. Uh, my playgroup would go, oh no, here we go.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, like I've had a history with Audric's like, series of cards ever since the first version uh, came out in uh, M, uh, Magic Corset 2013. Uh, my playgroup and I lovingly refer to him as Captain Noblox because he had this sort of uh, pseudo Boros battalion ability where you needed like one more creature, you needed three others to attack with it to basically. You're basically going in for no blocks. That's, that, that is what uh, that first version of Audric was designed to do. Um, and I did want to design, uh, like, I, I want to design a deck around Lunark Marshall. Oh, wait, hold on. So it was Lunark Marshall and Master Tactician is the first one. But yeah, like, uh, Lunark Marshall more often than not, was part of, like, a 99 if I was going to do, like, keyword soup stuff. Um, and then this Audric came out, and it's just like, first of all, I do agree. Like, too many people were ragging on the card. Because I think not just like commander players, but also like even standard players and maybe people who wanted, who love like the lore of magic, wanted a much functionally better card. But I feel as if they, people don't like jumping through hoops to get a good effect out of it. And I guess it's kind of like the very disappointing thing is that Audric screams that he needs setup, and he does need setup but I'm okay with that because I like magic cards that force me to do setup to get some kind of payoff rather than just like, hey, do you like playing this card? You just draw cards or you ramp or something like that.
3: My commander's I, I hold not hard good enough. My so. commander's not good enough unless every time I cast a card, I get to draw another one and ramp. God, imagine if that was a real magic card. That would be miserable.
1: Yeah. Oh wait, a <laughs> <lame> teller of <laughs> yeah, no. I 100% agree. Um, jumping through hoops is one of my favorite things to do in magic. Um, if I'm building so, a deck, I need to make sure that I've got some hoops in there so I can, you know, jump through them.
2: I, I think you know the jumping through their hoops with it being about the creature abilities. Luckily, you're in, and the nice thing about being in Boros. Instead of being black white, which I think it would also work in black white, but in Boros, every creature seems to have like two or three abilities. If you look, if you just go through Scryfall, looking in that color combination, you're in that perfect uh, realm. I guess like a good card example is something like uh, would be a, a um, Tali, not a Tali. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, I'm thinking of Zatalpa, Thank you big bird well, we'll you
3: slap flapping even sorry oh <laughs> yeah
2: yeah we'll stop like this one. the top was in my
1: mono white audrey deck but another good example i think the one like the one that i was thinking about when you were saying all that was i forget what it's called but it's a flyer and it has three keywords for like three mana and it's it's red
2: and white isn't that the one of the the gold baby dragon or something like that from the one and D sets
3: uh adult gold dragon has lifelink, flying and haste
0: and it's five so. mana which is in my deck. It's in my version of the deck.
3: One that I am thinking about, again, we're going to be talking for me oh, about the newer cards. I don't know. This is a oh, lot of
0: cards that do. No, no. Sorry. Go ahead.
3: Mandible Justicar is a 2 1 for 2 from March of the Machines. It's an artifact creature with lifelink. That's one of Audric's keywords. But if it's already on the battlefield when Audric comes down, it says whenever another artifact enters a battlefield under your control, which can be 3 or 4 easily in an Audric deck, it gets plus 1 plus 1 until end of turn.
0: Here, here's a six That's five, cool. it has lifelink. Do something about it. Oh. Yeah. There I, I one of the things that I really like about a lot of the new modern versions of cars that are coming out, um, that rely off of some type of artifact interaction enters the battlefield, sacrificing things like that. Like they they're like, hey, Reckless Fireweaver is a good card, let's make another Reckless Fireweaver that deals like rather than 20 instances of 1 damage. It deals 1 instance of 20 damage. Ingenious arterialist from from uh, Battle for Baldur's Gate. Um, 3 mana still does the exact same thing. Um, doesn't contribute to the keyword things, which they're, hey, we can go over that of, of how to achieve that. Um, but yeah, there's like, on top of requiring keywords, like, how do you weaponize the blood tokens? We have things like uh, dragon spark Reactor, where you get charge counters on it like when it enters another artifact center and then you can sacrifice it. So it deals damage equal to the number of charge counters to target player and that much damage to up to one target creature. Um, we have things like a uh, gear per ether grid, where you can, you can tap two untapped uh, artifacts you control to deal one damage. But considering the amount of, considering the amount of theoretical artifacts that you'll be making, the, the amount of blood tokens you'll be making gear per ether grid, Goes from like a three mana do nothing to, okay, well, I make ten, I make ten blood tokens here. I make ten blood tokens there. I'm going to hit you for five. I'm going to hit you for five. Like, it just, it increases over time very quickly. Anyone? Another card
2: I want to mention was Arterial Alchemy. Yes. (laughs) Oh, because, because
0: blood tokens. Audric's favorite card. (laughs) It is, it is a super, super great card because Arterial Alchemy coming from. I believe it was the Crimson Vow deck with Strafon, I believe. The the black-red one. It did. Yeah. That was, yeah. The, Crim- yeah. That was the Crimson Vow deck. Yeah. Uh, so Artillery Alchemy is a three-mana red enchantment that says when it enters the battlefield, you create a blood token for each opponent you have. Okay, so it scales up. That's a fantastic ability. Um, the other part is blood tokens you control are equipment in addition to their other types and have equipped creature cuts plus D, plus O, and Equip two. Which goes into a point that i had uh, mentioned kind of before the podcast recording started audric because of the increase and in, like uh the the amount of artifacts you'd be dealing with it's there are some uh, or, or quite a few equipments that give uh you know sometimes two or three even four keywords um uh and that's where you can have things like Pierce steel paladin Sram kind of skims under this but probably helps contribute to this Um, and a few other like equipment matters creatures where you can just like I'll take a blood token it's an equipment I'll slap it onto my creature my army of creatures and make them incredibly threatening and then in a pinch if I really need to I can sacrifice them to pitch a card to draw a card
3: I've got a couple for you. Okay. Uh, Bladehold War Whip and Dragonwing Glider are both four Mirrodin equipments that came out of uh, All Will Be One. Um, Dragonwing Glider is five. It's a red. It's a three and a red for an equipment that comes down attached to a 2-2 rebel creature token and gives it plus two, plus two flying in a haste. And Bladehold War Whip is three. This is a Boros one, same cost as Audric. Uh, comes down, also it creates a token, gives a discount to equipping, and the equipped creature has double strike. So you're getting an equipment, you're getting a creature, and the creature always has the notable keywords.
0: Yeah, it's and and kind of just like going through all these discussions of like cards and strategies, like yes, it, it is, it does feel very borosy y uh, in terms of like, well, obviously like if we're focusing on keywords, we're probably playing creatures that want to swing. That, First of all, that's that's what I like to do in, in Magic the Gathering, in case anyone didn't know that. Um, but also, there's a level of flexibility of we can play effects. We can play cards like these types of new equipment. First of all, I think 4 Mirrodin is such a sweet ability. They, I think it's just a slam dunk.
3: And if you want to play a good Magic card, you could just play Batter skull. Because the yes. weapon existed already.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh. Someone I know. Uh. Munsu Light. Uh, uh. Emmanuel. Uh. They. He recently made a. Um. The new. Uh. Oh shoot. What's his name? The Gold Warden. Uh. uh Jorkadine.
3: Jorkadin. The
0: new Jorkadine That when uh like if, if power is equal four or greater and it's equipped, you draw you draw a card. Uh. He, he made a four Mirrodin and um oh shoot what is what's the living weapon living weapon i I play magic the gathering i know every single card in existence Mm -hmm. um but yeah he 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 made a deck centered around those two effects and uh it it is deceptively powerful because you know a lot of these things have really strong abilities but especially when you get to the likes of um cauldra complete and you just swing down with a culture <laughs> complete, like you're like, oh, it's all the keywords. It's already a creature, and it's oh, it's beautiful. Magic is beautiful. It's it indestructible. Has, it has
3: XL touch.
0: It's 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 crazy, and all of these types of cards really fit well in an Audric shell because they're they're meeting qualifications. They can be adjusted later in case you need to. Um, one of, one of the things I've done. And one of the things you can do, I'm pretty sure, with a combination of other, like, spells and effects, is that, like, if a creature enters, you can, like, auto-equip equipment to it. Um, and there's there's going to be those moments where Odric is coming out on an empty board, and this is where the people are like, Oh, Audric's useless, he needs all this other stuff. Well, if you put Odric out with something that can auto-equip to Audric when he ETBs or something, you could do it with the blood uh, trigger on the stack and then you just kind of do you do your thing as the active player one of the things i also like to do is using like slayer stronghold the land uh from avacyn restored where you can pay red white tap and then give Odric vigilance and haste on the etb mm-hmm. so there's there's some wiggle room where Odric it never really has like pure dead moments there's always like a level of flexibility you can do with like lands equipment uh my favorite thing is just having out um Chroma's memorial where you just oh hey just have all the keywords no big deal
3: Also, a reminder that Reconfigure from Kamigawa exists. Your creatures come down, and then after Audric enters the battlefield, you can put the creatures as equipments onto Audric. And most of them have relevant keywords. There's no reason that you can...
0: haste, trample,
3: it's... At where we're at, there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to play an equipment Boros deck and not have most of your equipments just be creatures through all of these different mechanics that get around the problem of, well, I need to put these on a creature.
0: Yeah. You could create the Voltron creature of your dreams. It's 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 actually kinda wild. Um, Danny, what are kind of the what are were the few like the big heavy hitters of your Odric deck?
1: Uh so let me just pull up my list right here. I still have it. <laughs>
0: um, some of my favorite
1: cards on my Odric deck were cards like Feedback Bolt. Because um, 'cause you're making a million um blood tokens, and with feedback bolt, I believe it does deals damage to any target equal to the number of artifacts you control. So that's a nice, that, like, that's a, you can kill somebody with that. That is a nuke. A that snuff. is a
0: nuke on a 5-mana card.
1: Yes, it is a 5-mana card, but it is it is indeed a nuke. That will kill somebody. Um, some of the other things I enjoyed doing in the deck were um, that artifact that lets you tap your artifacts for mana. It gives them uh, Improvise.
0: Uh shoot, I have it in my deck as well because it is inspiring statuary. Inspiring statuary. yes,
1: that one was a fun one in there. Um, but mine was mostly like an equipment deck. I did have like the equipment packaging. there it was an equipment and a flicker deck for the most part. Um, so I can you know flicker my object as many times as I needed to to get a million blood tokens. I um, oh, catch of the true. it was a fun one and heavenly heavenly blade master
0: ooh yeah it's like the the real heavy topic like my 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 thing that i knew about um that that was going to be an issue was like if if a lot of like the really good um like high cost creatures were going to be like have a bunch of keywords like one of the one of the one of the fun ways that i that i think the deck has only gotten better over time um was like with the addition of like some really high cost stuff that gave more keywords. Um like a Chroma Vision of Ixidor uh um, oh, yeah. was a super fun card to have because not only if you were able to give your other creatures the same types of keywords, it would just boost everyone up. Uh Scavenged Brawler has been a recent card that was printed in um the Brothers War Commander decks or like the the like the cards that they would kind of slip in here and there. Uh it is a six mana four four artifact creature with flying, vigilance, trample, and lifelink, all of which are relevant. And then you can exile it for five from your graveyard to give four counters and those four abilities as counters onto like any t- um like on a on a single creature. Um, Ability many counters
3: were such a good invention? Yeah, they're oh, yeah. Like,
2: it's it it they've, I, they uh, it's beautiful. Ikoria, yeah, if you just want to like help build your deck, just like go through Ikoria... And just Please. find a bunch of cards because that set really did a good number to help sit, this. Deck help.
3: Sit down, spend forty-five minutes to do your research and understand how mutate works. It's yes, a good it's mechanic. it's Guys. not
2: that hard to figure out. It, it is. It's really good. It's just
3: um, got a uh, lot of weird edge cases.
2: A favorite card from Icoria is a crystalline giant. Yes. which over time obviously gets more abilities and then finally yes. you have this big attacker giant. and then you pop your Odric down <laughs> or you flicker your Odric with Resto or something like that, and boom. Uh, so you can keep growing over time if you have a flicker engine with uh, the Giant as well. So I, I really mm-hmm. like that card in so many decks and it just shines here with Odric. Yeah, Crystalline Absolutely. Giant.
0: There, there are a handful of creatures that have been printed in the last few years that are kind of like, they kind of slip in and whether or not you like pay attention to it or not like they they all contribute to what audric wants and needs at a very affordable or low cost um for example and just give me a few seconds here because i'm actually leafing through my physical deck did you know that in um Streets of New Capena and the commander said there was a three mana artifact creature wall card called Weathered Sentinels. It's a two-five. It has defender Defender, Vigilance, Reach and Trample. So it already has three keywords on it that we need okay. for that mana value. Um and it can't it can attack players who attacked you during their last turn as though it didn't have defender which you know that's sometimes you may or may not be able to like influence people to like do that um and then whenever it attacks it becomes it gets a plus three plus three so it becomes a five eight and gains indestructible until end of turn so by itself it is functionally like a three mana three the equivalent of three blood tokens and four if you're able to like work with that And I think it's just pure value right there. It's also just like a tanky three drop that most people wouldn't expect.
3: I'm going to keep piling on to the listeners. Too many cards. You're not going to be able to remember all of them unless you're making a list. But Brother's War and prototype cards brought a lot to the table, I think, with what you can do with a Bloodrick deck. I love prototype. (laughs) It's a really cool mechanic. Um, it's an alternate casting cost. Usually requires colored mana. I don't think there's an example that doesn't. I think they all require. I think yeah, they colored all mana. have
0: like some kind of colored mana. I'm pretty um, sure.
3: But it allows you to cast the creature for cheaper and be smaller. It has a different power and toughness, um, but the rest of the effects all remain the same. So, like Skitterbeam Battalion is a trample haste four four and or two two that enters the battlefield when you cast it. Create two token copies of it. Um, Steel Steel, Seraph. Steel Seraph. Steel Seraph. Oh, so good. And the great thing about the the prototypes is that they can be an early drop card to set up your blood tokens, or a late drop card if you just want a big creature. Um, But Steel Seraph is a house. It is a three or six mana white card that has flying. So there's one. At the beginning of combat on your turn, target creature you control gets vigilance, flying, or lifelink until end of turn which um,
0: yeah that it's, it's effective at both levels uh because it's an artifact and a creature depending on which types of cards you want to use to reanimate which is my strategy by the way that i use oh, for my yeah. deck. uh like yeah i've also oh <clears throat> because we want to play cards like far traveler teleportation circle or conjurer's closet if you want to like have a consistent flicker outlet for, like, Audric at your instep, Uh, you can flicker that Steel Seraph to go from a 3-3 to a 5-4, which, Mm -hmm. you know, grand scheme of things, eh, a couple points up from powers is is enough to, like, get things going. But it really comes down to, like, it's offering a relevant keyword, and it offers other relevant keywords, so there's never really a time where you're lacking and having at least, like, you know, there's gonna be times Vigilance and Lifelink are incredibly relevant, uh, there are going to be other times where you want to turn maybe your more inflexible or maybe non-flying creature into a flying beater. It's it's the redundancy, I don't know, it's just it's extra redundancy, but the redundancy really goes a long way.
3: Flicker effects also let you... Flicker your four myriad and living weapons if your German ha- or your two happen to
0: die. Yep, you get right get right back into it. Yeah, it's it's super relevant, especially with like right. teleportation Fl- circle.
1: Yeah, flicker effects also let you flicker your prototypes, which let them come in not with the not
0: prototype text. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, who loves like I, I've I've played with the Skitterbeam Battalion once. It's nine mana. I think is a little bit hard to do, but getting that early start with getting the numerous tokens out and then maybe flickering the main one later but steel serif is like the big one for me just because of like its average cost its abilities and everything um i like combat thresher
3: a lot
2: yeah, yeah i was looking at that one
3: three three or a one one for three and or seven double strike when it enters the battlefield draw a card a three three with double strike after you flickered it, and it draws a card every time you flicker it or reanimate it from the battlefield. That's just pretty good. That's pretty good it's, in white pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty. It's pretty good.
0: And ho- hilariously, over time, kind of because we're talking about combat a lot, um, but obviously we need some effects and some creatures that are capable of doing other things. Um, this deck allows you to play cards like Goldhound, which has first strike and menace but also you're able to sacrifice it to ramp later so you can you can honestly just throw out like gold hound turn one maybe you could throw out i don't know um knight of the white orchid if you got like some kind of crazy mana base on turn two and then do Audric on turn three and get already like a pretty decent head start um One of the Warhammer 40k cards that kind of slipped under my radar for a while before I finally got one in the search foil, uh, Space Marine Scout. Uh, it's a three mana two one white Astartes scout. Uh, it's got first strike and vigilance, and when it enters the battlefield, if someone has more lands than you do, you get to search for a planes card and put it in the battlefield tapped. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would like to reemphasize it just just say planes. So go get your shock lands to your heart's content. Go grab that Alpine Meadow if you're on a budget or something like that. Like there, you are you are never lacking in terms of the multi purpose creature that can turn sideways and also provide some kind of advantage, some type of card advantage by either ramp or drawing you cards.
1: So we're talking about like card advantage and whatnot.
0: I also had Wileth in
1: mind, because like I said, mine was like a,
0: an equipment, yeah, they deck, equipment deck. deck. Yeah,
1: yeah. so when Wyleth has all those Blood Swords on him, uh, he's going to draw you a million cards when he attacks. But another card that I did not want to mention that I had in my deck was from the Commander Legends. It was a pirate. I mean... Yes, I'm a fan of Pirates, but this one in particular goes great in here, because says cause he has Encore. He's a three and a red Fathom Fleet Sword Jack. Four three oh, I love,
0: I love I the Sword Jack.
1: Yeah, and whenever he attacks, uh, he deals damage to two player or Plainswark with attacking because the number of artifacts you control. So if you're going to Encore him and you've got like a million blood tokens, you're going to deal a lot of damage to whoever is attacking So this
0: is, this is the other thing... Um... That I can, I've been kind of wanting to go into. Blood tokens, I think, are very deceptively flexible, rather than their other counterparts that they were trying to compare to when uh, design notes were being released. Or they're like, "Well, we want the blood tokens to be like cl- uh, be like clues, be like treasures, be like food tokens," and I feel like they have done the they've done the job well. Um the and the re- the reason i say that is like um we are in red and blue and white and the card advantage has only gotten better over time for both of these colors like sometimes they just pretty much functionally gotten just pure card draw outright which is kind of crazy um but we're talking about a color combination that between everything we discuss can each having them enter the battlefield or having creatures attack that care about artifacts have them deal damage we have cards that can make them into equipment so you can equip them to whatever creature you want and they can just pump out a boatload of damage and then finally if you're in a pinch and you do need to start digging through your deck fueling your reanimation sources like i'd like to do uh you can just pitch your big heavy hitters you can't pay for right now and just start digging through your deck for more lower cost relevant like keyworded creatures or you know whatever f- fits your situation and one of the other things that i like to do um especially in this style of deck that can sometimes like you get to your top end like you're in the mid or late game and you have five six seven eight mana and you're trying to find ways to like either close it out or or have your board be relevant pitching um anger uh valor and my new favorite thing that i added to my deck uh glory in your graveyard okay. Um, enables your creatures to automatically as long as your graveyard isn't being exiled or anything like that uh, you can have haste and first strike on all of your creatures and also with glory being in the graveyard you can pay two and a white to give your creatures protection from a chosen color until end of turn so one of the things I like to do is pitch glory pay three and then cast Blasphemous Act you like fun and and then just stomping people out. Alternatively, just seeing someone who's like, oh well, I have like black and white cre- I have black and blue creatures, but like one of them is like the worst choice for a blocker. So you choose- six. So it's yeah, it's um there there's a there's a lot of there's just so many tools. In and you thing.
1: mentioned like a reanimator thing. So one of one of the reanimator cards that I had in my deck was let me pull it up again. It was a venerable war singer from strixhaven
0: Yes, I love this card. I love it so and much. So,
1: Venerated War Singer, for those of you who are unfamiliar, is the one red white for a Spirit Cleric 3/3 with vigilance and trample. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you may return target creature with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield where X is the amount of damage Venerated War Singer did to that player.
0: Yeah, if you put and blood
1: on it. It's going to deal a lot of damage.
0: Yeah, oh, and over time, uh, especially with, depending on, like, how you want to boost your board, one of the things that I like adding, um, like, obviously, this deck can really benefit from having anthems, plus one counters, stuff like that, but Venerable Singer allows you to bring back a lot of the lower-cost um, keyworded creatures uh, that could be really relevant. Like, I have, uh, you know, I have... Um, Rem Carlos Stalwart Slayer from Midnight Hunt, which has flying in haste, and then like if spells would deal damage to you or permanence, it would prevent that. Uh, or you know, Space Marine Scout or Gold Hound or heck, I, I I have stuff like Goblin Engineer, and um, there was something else, Akiri Lineslinger uh, from the original. Uh, from commander 2016 I believe she's yes, from I had akiri in mine as well yeah. Very... yeah it's just very good um like and uh you know if you can't get enough blood tokens one of the one of the, like kind of the big heavy hitters that I've kind of had in and out of my deck uh Olivia's attendance
3: mm-hmm.
0: six mana six six with menace uh there, there there are a trio of vampires here um uh, whenever Olivia's attendance deals damage create that many blood tokens. And then you can pay two and a red to have Olivia's Attendance deal one damage to any target. Um, If there was a card that I would put to, like, an equivalent of Inferno Titan, it would be kind of this in terms of, like, not functionality of, like, dealing damage, but having, like, a six mana, six six beater that really enables, like, your strategy to some degree. And, like, Olivia's Attendance is, like, an absolute
2: nutty card. Mm -hmm. I actually got a uh, couple cards I'd like to talk about that. Kind of help with value of things. Um, as you know, with Blood Tokens, to activate it, you have to discard a card. Well, a card that that sees a lot of play in a lot of decks is Containment Construct. And it helps you get more value out of that discard. Ooh, yeah. Containment yep. Construct. And... When, um, uh, oh, no, go ahead. I was going to read the card. If anybody doesn't know what this is, it's a two-mana Uncommon Artifact Creature Construct from uh, uh, the new Kamigawa set. Whenever you discard a card, you may exile that card from your graveyard. If you do, you may play that card this turn. So you can turn that stuff, you know, we were talking about Reanimator. Well, here's a way you can use all those blood tokens you got for Odric and then play them again. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. uh, another card I want to talk about, if you have a bunch of blood tokens, and we were talking about high mana stuff in the in the long game, uh, obviously you can play the good old card uh, Clark, Kent, uh, Clark... Clark Clan Ironworks. Ironworks.
3: Superman Ironworks.
2: Ironworks. Yeah. yeah, Superman Ironworks. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Clark KCI. Yeah, which four for people who don't know it does. Four mana for an artifact. You can sac- you can sacrifice an artifact and add two generic mana to your mana pool, so that'll help you pay for those big spells. Or maybe, just like the inner red player we are, just have a big X spell and just crackle like, with guess, power buddy. yeah yeah so that those two cards are really ways you can utilize blood tokens because it's like oh hey my hand is full of how can i carry all these blood tokens well here you <laughs> go. here's ways that you can use them to your advantage by either sacking them or or using them just to fuel more mana you know
3: Um, A real quick note, in the same gender as uh, Containment Construct, there are also (laughs) Bag of Holding and Currency Converter.
0: Currency Converter, yeah.
3: Which also can transfer. So Bag of Holding, when you discard a card, you can put it in your Bag of Holding, you exile it. At some point, you can crack the Bag of Holding to put the exiled cards back in your hand so you don't actually lose them. And Currency Converter exiles them into its own little pool, and you can tap it to remove... Put one of the Exod cards back into your graveyard and turn it either into a tutu rogue or a treasure, depending on the type of card that it is. So, just more ways to like. I discarded this card, but I'm still getting value out of it.
0: Yeah, currency currency converters. Like, if I think I mean, I mean, we'll we'll kind of keep reemphasizing it as the episode goes along. There are a lot of there's kind of. kind of going back to John's joke just a while ago about how can I hold all these blood tokens. Like, there are so many cards that you can build an Odric Blood Curse deck out of that there's too many. And I like that there's that level of flexibility that everyone, depending on, like, how they sit down and, like, put it together, like, there's always going to be... um, different directions people can go a lot of the core things are going to be fairly simple like how do you want to utilize like your discards you can have like your conjurer's closet uh or sorry conjure uh uh uh, containment priest excuse me um or conspiracy theorist uh from strict it's not as uh like it's a little more flexible in case you want to swing out with it um there's numerous ways of like giving your creatures keywords uh whether that be Equipment stuff like a cross memorial, pitching stuff in your graveyard like Valor and uh, Anger, um, using really low cost uh, numerous uh, keyword creatures like Venerable War Singer, Rem Space Marine Scout. Um, you can put in stuff like a, a Professional Facebreaker because that card is just amazing and has a relevant keyword. Menace is pretty great, and. Uh, if if you want to play, like, your 5, 6, and mana, like, mana creatures that have 4 or 5 keywords, um, like, you have a, a plethora of creatures you can play. One of the ones that I thought was really great, kind of on, like, my top end, uh, at 6 mana, uh, both Aurelia, the Warleader, and Bloodthirster from the Warhammer 40k set. Um, Bloodthirster's a little more iffy because it only untaps itself and it can only it can't attack oh it no. can't attack a player
3: damage you know what i don't think that's quite good enough Cole.
0: <laughs> no it's but but what but like the thing is is that i think like bloodthirster aurelia the warrior leader and if you're like me and you slipped in a sort of uh hearth and home uh you're able to and depending on like how you're able to build it you can like Flicker the Bloodthirster somehow have it auto-equipped to like the Hearth and Home or something again like there's there's ways to kind of go pseudo-infinite uh, with a combination of all these cards and you're just doing a good old Boros beatdowns which is what I'm always a fan of
3: and if you would like another way to just end the game in your Bloodrick deck keep an eye on March of the Machines I think Elish Norn is is going to be a card that ends games. Have we all read what the new Elish Norn does?
0: I've I've skimmed over it, but you know what? It is it is relevant. Let's so, look at good old, just just not Elish Norn, Mother of Machines, not Grand Cenobite, just Elish straight Norn. up Elish Norn. She's a four mana,
3: two white, white, three-five with vigilance. There we go. There's a keyword. Uh, she has a neat protective ability. It's not relevant. You could pay three mana and sacrifice three other creatures to an exile Elishnorn, then return her transformed to the battlefield as a sorcery. She transforms into the Argent Etchings. Stage one or chapter one of the saga, you incubate two five times, then transform all incubator tokens that you control. This means that you make five tokens. And put two plus one plus one counters on them. So that's 10 power trend. right there. That's 10 power. And you transform them into two two creatures or zero zeros with two power each because of the counters. The second chapter of Argent Etchings is creatures you control get plus one plus one and double strike until end of turn. So now they're three threes. I've been talking about different creatures that are actually equipments or come equipments that come with creatures. Now is a great time to spend your mana to slap those your your Kamenu battle armor, your batter skull onto your incubator tokens
0: and just kill Good, your go opponents. To like uh, the, yeah, it's and when it's, we're talking uh, about uh, we're talking about a flexible card that has we have the Norn side and then we have the um we have the Argent edging side. Like that's a level of flexibility on a 4 mana card.
3: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And what's nice, even further synergy with all of these equipments that pretend to be creatures sometimes, the Argent Etchings is also a board wipe on its third phase. It blows up all permanents except for artifacts, lands, and Phyrexians. Then you re transform the Argent Etchings back into Elishnorn. So all of those equipments that are now hiding, that were creatures, are now hiding on your Phyrexian incubator tokens. They don't get blown up, they're fine.
0: I would however like to point out this card for its pre release price is kinda coming up to around
3: Just proxy
0: it. Yeah, just proxy it. Who am I kidding? If right now even I mean who knows? We'll have to I guess we'll just have to wait and see how a lot of these prices are going anyway, but like magic magic sex are always gonna come out with these neat little cool things, but it just yeah, Elishnorn heavily synergizes with this the same way Mondrak does as well. Also proxy Mondrak proxy blight steel
3: proxy warm core or, or be I like or be
0: like or be like me take a take a random, buy a random pack at your LGS open up Mondrak.
3: play the cards you want to play
0: play the cards you want to play yeah there, there there's a lot of ways to build odric that i think can appeal to a lot of people for a lot of different ways like you could probably if you really like work at it you could probably make a decent like Control Audric list where you accumulate artifacts and you do other things with them, and then eventually you hit them uh, like Danny, like you mentioned earlier. You just blast them in the face um, with the the feedback spell or something like that. Like there's there's a lot of different ways to do this, um, but let's kind of really kind of get down to the like besides the actual functional pieces and and putting the deck together and everything like that. Wh- what is the reason? we want to play Audric Blood Curse besides the mechanical sides of things. Because I have mentioned that I have a history with Audric as a card. Uh, Like with the previous cards uh, being printed. And Audric was my very first commander back when I started playing in 2012 or 2013 whatever it was. Like Audric Audric's been my boy forever. Pure
3: unadulterated spite is my answer. I saw everybody downing Audric, ragging on the card, saying that they were disappointed or that it was bad, even. And it's like, you know what? You're a fool. You're wrong. I'm going to play this card because it's good, and I'm going to win because you're wrong.
0: Honestly, spite is about my second, second part. Um... Coming in third, I think the uh, the the um, the vampire frame alt art from Chris Val is like a sick rendition. Ooh. Like what I really love about that artwork, because I got it in foil. I, I bought it in foil right away. The red background, the red silhouette, and then the shining blue, like the silvery blue from his sword in that artwork. Fantastic. Love it. It's so cool.
1: So the reason that I wanted, really where I wanted to build him, <clears throat> the reason my, my connection to Aldrich is when I first started playing Commander, I saw Aldrich Lunark Marshall. Mm-hmm. And I misread him. I thought he just gave all those keywords to all your creatures. And then I realized, oh, no, he shares them if you have them already. So I just kind of leaned into that. And I've my favorite thing to do is to my my favorite creature in my um lunark marshall deck is the segovian angel one one Ooh. for one with flying in vigilance he is an all-star in that deck let me tell you every time i drop her down i that is my favorite card in the entire deck and um she was an all-star in the blood object deck as well um
0: yeah, and they, they've and they printed uh, a kind of uh they've printed another card, Battlefield Raptor in Cold Hive. Yep, he's in there too. You know, but we're talking about you know we're <laughs> yeah, talking about yeah. one mana one ones with two keywords, or in this case, Battlefield yeah. Raptor is a one two. But like, talk about an early start. Um, yeah,
1: that is a great way to start off the match. Start off the game is with turn one, drop a plane, drop the Gobian or drop Battlefield Raptor. Like, All right, I got two relevant. So Segovia Gobian Angel is my favorite because it has bigger legs. Like an flying and vigilance, so I can attack with. It's a great combination. Yeah, like come on, it, it's hard to get better than that. <laughs>
0: and the other thing but, too, um, go, especially going to the artifact or the equipment strategy you had, you're also like I'll, I'll throw on the sword, no big deal. Uh, but yeah, like uh, that. There's there's too many. Let's just straight up say, all right, Audric, cool character. I've loved the storyline of, of this guy. Eventually, like being like an esteemed name on Innistrad uh, like a, re- a respected leader a partnership with Thalia then uh Elder Shamoon happen or sorry not yeah like the events of like Elder Shamoon happen and suddenly he's like he's fighting for his life he's trying to defend people against a force of nature he can't even compute he has his tragic hero's downfall moment depicted on a magic card. Thank you for reprinting hero's downfall, wizards. And then finally, um, having him not only turn into a vampire, but also being like, I can use this. I can look up a moonlight. I can do all these things that, that apparently regular vampires are weak to or whatever. And I, I can stand still as a, a guardian of the light and humanity, which I just think is just, a fantastic despite all the shit that innistrad has gone through, I think it's just a great thing to see.
3: Very much a moment of like, oh good, they dealt with one of Innistrad's mightiest protectors on the human side. Audric looks at a chair. Audric looks at a, a cart. He picks up the cart with one arm, is like, mmm maybe you shouldn't have done that
1: maybe
0: yeah <laughs> it's like the, yeah Aldrich is
1: the prime example of no you're trapped in here with me <laughs> yeah <laughs> that
0: what I guess one of the things that I loved about the short story that they did during um when Henrika uh transformed him was that like he's like he comes back like if you're like oh no he's dead and he comes back and he leaps through the air because of his newfound strength like uh, and I'm like all right so, yeah, all jokes aside, yeah, this is functionally Blade, like, and which is super cool to have on Innistrad that you're like, oh, no, it's a vampire. Oh, wait, he's killing all the evil stuff. Never mind. We're good. We're in good hands. Like, the, you know, humanity's got to weaponize pretty much anything on that hellscape of a plane. But Audric's pretty much on top. And I'm sure they could probably be like, is anyone willing to just donate blood for the cause? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Does
3: it become an honor on uh, in the in the church to have your to, to blood, blood to
0: bloodlet yourself to for to, him, yeah. I mean, yeah, it could it could probably go it could probably eventually go badly if they really want to go back and fuck that up again. But and and I'm I'm hoping I'm praying I've got my fingers crossed that somehow. Like we're still kind of in the middle, uh, the middle of uh, March of the Machine spoilers. I hope maybe he gets a a card where he's partnered with someone that could be really cool. But I'm not having my hopes too high for that. But I yeah, that's to to see. I would love black and white Audric. That's a Phyrexian vampire. You shut your goddamn mouth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And if he's a Phyrexian vampire, so he'll end up being Marty because he's already red. But he still maintains oh my goodness like i'm gonna fight vampires
0: i mean that'd be badass but like i'd also be like man they're just really fucking with my boy lately (laughs) um also because we're still on the topic and uh we're um I, i i i forgot to mention a card I forgot to mention a couple cards that I, I just kind of had added in my deck for one reason or another. Remember when Vanquish the Horde was kind of initially leaked mm-hmm. or, or shown? Um, I do recall on on Moxfield's site before the official con- the translation of Vanquish the Horde came out, they called it Audrix Tired of Your Shit." <laughs> yes,
1: absolutely. Every time I cast that card I, I that's what I that's, that's I call the it. line yeah He's <laughs> tired
0: of your bullshit that yeah, I, I I I mean like he's you know he's standing there on a pile of fucking corpses as the as the dawn breaks I'm like yeah that man that man's been through it all right he's tired all right he's done let's play he'll put he's down got his got sword the
3: same vacant grim expression that Thalia has on her second to most recent reprinting
0: yeah we're not talking about the the <laughs> hey <laughs> Hey Thalia. How come Wizards makes you have 10 different versions of your card? <laughs> 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 oh geez, there's so many Thalias now. Um and then okay cuz cuz I I love this card and I love doing shenanigans with stuff like this. I had mentioned um um god damn it. What was it? It was uh the the, 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 the the Slayer Stronghold. You know, get Audric's ETB in, you can give him keywords just in case there's nothing there. I have cast with seven mana, I've cast Odric and on the stack, ca- or, or with. A- no, hold on. With his ETB trigger on the stack, I, I cast a Chroma's Will to give all the keywords. <laughs> and I think eventually I had a haste and was able to attack with Hill. Chroma's Will is a. Dude, that is so you know. hot. There- <laughs> Chroma's
3: Will ending a game oh, of Magic the, go the go Gathering? Go Say up. it ain't
0: so. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was one of the things where I'm like, I need to get this game moving somehow and I got no creatures. So I guess I'll just use Audric in this. It was probably not the most effective use of my chroma's will, but it was definitely a very I felt very cool to do. So yeah. Audric's I, I think Audric as like a character and Audric as a card, even as a history of cards. All three cards I think are are pretty decent. And I think a lot of people undervalue them for one reason or another. I think Master Tactician is just a really cool
3: ability that I would like to see more of that effect printed on magic cards. Um, I don't know if I think it's truly powerful, but it's fun. It's fun. It's neat to be able to say, I get to choose how blocks happen. Yes.
0: (laughs) I, uh, yeah. Captain No Blocks will live in my heart forever. Oh, and maybe if I actually sit down and really, like, try it out, I could probably make a real banger a Captain No-Block stack. Because, I mean, one of the cool things is that you do get to control how combat occurs. And there's not really that many effects that do that in just solely white. Um, And there's just so many different ways to, like, make a bunch of tokens. Um, But yeah, uh, any last-minute contributors to the discussion... Uh, any notes? Any anything else to say about this before we head on uh, out?
1: Yes, I have one thing to say. Go for so it. So there's four
0: of us, right? Yeah. Hmm.
1: So I'm gonna go ahead and rebuild my Audric deck, and we'll have a four. We'll have an all. We'll have an all blood blood drink pod.
3: <gasps> oh my god. Okay, that's happening. I hope you're ready for the Phyrexian tribal version of Audric.
2: No.
0: Oh. <laughs> I mean uh, that'd uh, be so really cool
2: it would be truly a blood bowl
0: hmm. all right you know what fuck it i'll host it i will i will figure out twitch and i'll host, I can host it uh, okay well then we could also do that too we could have we could have the the <laughs> bloodric brawl of a lifetime
1: yeah i can host it cuz i mean I, I already have twitch set up and everything cuz i do streaming on a regular basis so yeah i can host it
0: you heard it here first, folks. You will see at some point in the future? Question mark. Figure out when we'll soon. do that. So, well, well, yeah, we could. I'm sure we could figure that out relatively soon through the power of the internet. Mm-hmm. You will see the power of Odrek Blood Curse. Trust us. Trust yes. us. Uh,
2: there, there will
0: be blood. <laughs> Just play Metal Gear Rising. <laughs> Just
2: play Metal Gear Rising. Um, music. <laughs> they so think they it's you. Doom trap. Uh, ooh, that one too. Yeah. One thing I want to say is. We were talking about how Odrics, you know, some, all the Odrics are basically a key cornerstone to Boros. When you think Boros, you can't think of the, the color combination without Odric. He's always there. He's always going to be a deck recommendation if you're looking on EDH Rec or something like that. So, you know, I uh, uh, respect yeah. each. He- Keyword, uh, keyword
0: soup, unblockable, and also artifact creation. Yeah,
2: it's like it's like we always talk about. Oh, what are some key staples in commander? It's like, well, if you're playing Boros, I'm like, are you playing Odric? Are you playing Boots? <laughs> Does that the work thing? right there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my whole board it... has haste.
0: Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Boots scootin' boogie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all right, so yeah, I I I think. I think that wraps it up for this episode of unconventional. I would like to thank everyone for making the time to come out and do this. It was really fun. Kind of just comparing notes and our love of this card.
3: Mm -hmm. You know what they say. Magic players are bad at evaluating cards. And if you complain about one, Four nerds are going to talk about it for an hour
0: on the internet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God! We're still
0: start it again. No. Uh, all right. Um, now, kind of going in 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 order here. Uh, who are you? Where can people find you? And what do you do? Danny, starting with you.
1: That's me. I'm Danny. Uh, I am Danny. I mean, I'm known on the internet as Danny or as Dad Jokes and Cardboard. Uh, my buddy and I, we run a podcast where we drop episodes pretty infrequently um And you can find me on Twitter at DJ and CB. Uh, sure, Cole will drop the link to yep. the description. Yes, I will. And yeah, I do streaming. I'm taking. I took March off, but we should be getting back into streaming in either like maybe April or May. I just took some time off to recharge. And, and yeah, that's me. I love Audrick,
2: my boy. <laughs> thank and thank you, Danny and John. Oh, yeah. Uh, you primarily can find me on Twitter, since I really don't do content creation. Uh, Twitter, it's uh, at Double O Seven. 7 You also might know me as Edgar. Usually on my Twitter, I'll just talk about magic, hockey, music, and Pokemon, and do a lot of shit posting. So if you want that type of content, follow me. I don't know. I mean, hey, and Pokemon's really relevant right now, so... Yeah.
0: Uh, and then finally, a light. Howdy, gamers. Thank you for listening to us.
3: Um, thank you to all my fellow guests and to Cole. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad it actually got to happen. I'm the Phyrexian on Twitter. And I'm going to request Cole to put the Praetors for Change link tree mm-hmm. on for my information, though. You got my it. call to action is to go follow Praetors for Change on Twitter. We are a team of. Magic the Gathering streamers and artists who raise money and awareness for good causes and play Phyrexian-themed EDH while doing it. We're raising money for Crisis Text Line in the third weekend of May. Come check out our event, donate, maybe you'll uh, maybe you'll win a really cool prize. We always give away a ton of awesome things.
0: Yeah, I have uh, participated as a guest and have contributed a, 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 a certain amounts of money to this. No giveaways unfortunately i don't have that much to give but uh it's always a good time it's always entertaining and everyone gets to really bust out some really cool flavorful and powerful decks centered around phyrexians and uh you know we got a chunk of them coming out in march of the machines uh Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. coming out very soon come on urabresk i believe in you i believe (laughs) i believe my everyone, raise your arms to the sky to make a super really good version of Urabrask that isn't just like so average that They're I off. have to make bad posts on Twitter because Light always forgets to mention Urabrask or make fun of him.
2: <laughs> leave my boy. Leave there's, my boy
0: alone. He's being torn there's,
3: apart. <laughs> there's five perfectly good Praetors in Magic: The Gathering that I could talk about before mentioning Urabrask. Ah! I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: It's, uh, you know, it's just, I, I, I know I know where I stand. I know what hill I'm going to die on. It's also What's the hill
3: Urbeth. Stand, Escape. you don't have any legs left to stand on. I ah! <laughs> took them away. <laughs> well,
2: well, don't worry, we'll we'll get Duretti to, to make him one of those little crab walkers. Crab <laughs> walker, <laughs> we'll, well, Yeah, we'll Darth, we'll, Darth, we'll Darth Maul it and just give him mm-hmm, crab mm-hmm. legs. I'll take it. I'll work
3: with right. it. <laughs> we're, we're unraveling uh,
2: <laughs> uh, i will say before we wrap up i will be actually at command fest richmond in two weeks so if you see me i'll be wearing a magic gathering hockey jersey if you want to play some commander with me Ooh, very
0: very cool all right awesome um
2: and yeah that is it for this episode
0: thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you on the next one bye-bye Bye.